Clarita here, and I've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. If you want to release your music into the world, DistroKid's the easiest way to get your music into all the major streaming platforms, unlimited uploads, and keep 100% of your royalties. And because you're a Design Freaks listener, you get 30% off. Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash Design Freaks. DistroKid. Welcome to Design Freaks Podcast. I'm Clarita. This is the podcast where we talk about album covers, band logos, posters, flyers, stuff like that. I usually have a friend, either designer, musician, or artist of some sort, and we have a little chat, okay? It's not a big deal. Um, For new listeners, thanks for listening, and um, welcome. Uh, for people who have been listening and bugging me to put another episode out, thank you so much for your support. Really appreciate it. Um, thanks for sending me messages and bugging me when I'm out at shows. Um, it really motivates me. This is a one woman show, so I need some motivation to keep going. Um, it's a lot of work to put out an episode and I'm fairly busy, um, full-time designer, design teacher, lawyer, DJ, unfrozen caveman. So speaking of all the work it takes for me to put this out, uh, there is possible news uh, coming around the corner, maybe in the works of me partnering with another organization. So please send positive vibes my way. And yeah, just close your eyes really hard and send me love. Yeah, so that's exciting and potentially exciting. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, But yeah, thank you for all your, uh, for rating and thank you for all your support. I, uh, oh, a follow-up from episode eight. Episode? Episode eight um, with Scott Lindbergh. His exhibit, The Shape of Sound, is now uh, being displayed at the KEXP Gathering Space here in Seattle. Uh, So... If you didn't listen to episode eight, this is uh, Scott Lindbergh's really amazing collection of, I guess, curated show of uh, album covers from the 50s and 60s, mostly jazz, uh, featuring designers like, you know, Saul Bass, Joseph Albers, all kinds of different designers. And our episode is mainly on Ronald Klein, but other people too. Ronald Klein from Folkways. Um, and anyway, you can go to the website, kxp.org gallery and see photos of the show or stop by if you live in Seattle. Um, congratulations, Scott. Um, I also just wanted to introduce the episode because me and Tyler had a really good time. Always have fun with Tyler. Always a blast. Um, but I think we kind of skewed a little bit more talking about music and fun stuff and we kind of glossed over, I, I was going to bring up the designer or the artist's name uh, who was featured on the album cover, the Sonic Youth album cover, A Thousand Leaves, and I couldn't find it while we were talking. It actually wasn't easy to find, um, but 
It's, uh, yeah, Marnie Weber, duh. Um, who's an amazing LA-based artist. Uh, you have to just go to her website, just throw it up in the Googs and look her up. It's so cool, like very dark fable, uh, you know, sinister fairy tale, but kind of brightly lit, like kind of like a weird uh, daytime nightmare. I don't know. Really cool collage, of course, like uh, the piece on the album, on the uh, Thousand Leaves cover, but also lots of installation photography. Um, just wanted to bring her up because she's amazing. And we touched briefly on Mike Kelly, who was the artist featured on the album cover Dirty, also for Sonic Youth. This is a Sonic Youth episode, in case you haven't figured it out. It's all about uh, Kim Gordon and uh, Sonic Youth and Kim's influence. Um, and Mike Kelly collaborated with Kim a whole bunch over the years. But if you're not familiar with his work, I highly recommend looking him up. Uh, he's kind of from the whole uh, Laurie Anderson scene. Um, really, really cool uh, person and uh, musician. Um, he, he was also part of the uh, Destroy All Monsters group. I also wanted to say, what else? I did voice dictation to take these notes and every time I said Tyler's name, it either says Tyler Gosh or Car Wash. So, fun fact. Um, oh, I also referenced the, uh, growing up in Austin, I worked down the street from a record store called Sound Exchange. We were complaining about record store dudes from the 90s. I just wanna say there were women that worked there. I, I knew them. Um, however, my negative experiences were only with the guys. Take that how you will. Um, so I kind of, it kind of sounded like there were only guys working. That's not true. Yeah, I mean, rate, keep rating the show on iTunes if you have a sec. Thank you so much. And um, send in MP3s. Go to the website designfreakspodcast.com. There's a message portal there. Um, send voice memos. I want to put in, um, more, you know, contributor stuff. So send me a song, send me noises, yell something at me. (laughs) Enjoy this lovely conversation and everybody have a spooky Halloween. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Cool thing. Tyler, thank you so much for. (laughs) That's all you. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for coming over. Uh, I. It's a shame I can't talk about where I live because it's really funny, but probably isn't a good idea. Um, to send be- it out there. Because if you had pictures of your eyes, people could look into your eye reflection and see where you live and start stalking you. They would. They would fall right in love. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, I mean, of, obviously. So, what have you been up to? Um, How was your summer? My summer was cool. I was going to the beach a lot. Nice. I found a really good uh, self-tanner called Skinner Rolls. 
it's really changed how I feel about the beach because it gives me a deep natural tan. What? What is skin, it called? Skin rolls. Skin rolls? Skin rolls. You need a special applique glove to use it, but it really is the most effective faux tan solution. Well, you look great. Thank you. <laughs> I'm not even skin rolled right now. I'm doing kind of a fall thing. That is reminding me of cinnamon rolls for some reason. Skin rolls. Cinnamon rolls. Here, here's the deal. Kim Gordon is very important. Her album just dropped. Two. No day. home record. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard the whole thing, but uh, we're really excited. And um, tell, start from the beginning. <laughs> oh, <laughs> tell me about. I have a, I have a history with Kim history. Gordon. Yes. So when I was a. Uh, a seventh grade little galleon in Yankton, South Dakota, I saw the video for Cool Thing and it galvanized basically my my future and everything I wanted from life. Like, seeing the fierce feminism of Kim Gordon and the power there, it was this ineffable quality that I knew I wanted mm. I wanted to be part of that culture and that power um, and I don't think I even had like a, a notion of queerness at the time like in retrospective it's very queer adjacent mm-hmm. but Kim was the coolest creature I had ever seen Absolutely, and completely formative on the rest of my life and in- wow. ingresses into different kinds of art and music. But I think essentially she displayed this heroic sense of individuality that really, really resonated with me. When did you start getting into her visual work? Um, I don't know if I was aware of her like well I, it's hard to separate her person from any like she is art right yeah like the the way she she dresses and the, the lyrics she has and her she was obviously the coolest member of Sonic Youth duh hands down duh duh she influenced me in the sense that juxtaposition and context switching, context piratism, like, oh, I was expecting this thing, but here's this other thing. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, her uh, paintings, she, her, her last set of paintings were Twitter quotes that were just hand-painted and just mm-hmm. that, that context shift of yeah. a digital parcel yes. that has turned into a stationary piece of art. And, like, it was that the really drippy letters? Yeah, 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 I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. I love that. And that she also colors. painted uh, a line of clothing. I believe it was 2010. She had a Ooh, line of clothing with the post, painted. Post-X girl. I don't know, but she had, it was all those, I don't know if it was from Twitter, but it was all, um, it was uh, word art. 
yeah, that's that, and that's what I'm I'm referencing as well. You know, and again, just for the the audience, it's really hard to pull out the exact pieces with her because she's such a fucking force. Yes, and means so much. And by the way, Clarita and I are sitting in a mansion by the pool. We have no clothing on. Yeah, we're just touching gold and platinum. Mahogany, gold, platinum, Malark, Paris, copper. London. You'll never be gold. <laughs> Tokyo. We these have our grills are the in. Things. These are the things. The things <laughs> that dreams are made of. If you like hot dogs, you love corn dogs. Everybody does. Okay, so let's talk randomly about. What is your favorite Sonic Youth album cover and why? Daydream Nation. Daydream Nation. Gerhard Richter. Yes. That's an amazing painting. And actually, my friend found a uh, bootleg Russian version of that album cover that just had a photograph of a candle. Whoa. Gerhard Richter's was a painting. And he, my friend repainted that. It was so I love it. Snake eating its own tail. I'm going to go with um, Raymond Pettibone goo. Oh, of course. So good. Please listen to the Raymond Pettibone episode, everybody out there, um, with Kurt Block. Uh, And we went over, I don't think we talked about goo. Hey, goo. (laughs) I wish, you need need this mic. You need the effects. I do. We are back. I'm here with Tyler Bosch, designer extraordinaire, wonderful person. Uh, Just giving me all kind of insights, wise, beyond his years. Um, And we look great. I'm 18. Yeah, we look great. We did want to talk a little bit about how um, they went from being like an SST band to sort of uh, more focused on their music videos. Um, they were dar- darlings of the alternative nation. Yes. 120 minutes. Cutting edge. Remember the cutting edge? Yes. Dave Kendall. Yes. Oh my God. That just brought back memories. Dave Kendall's leather jacket fashion. <laughs> they were video Sonic Youth from SST, Imagine, mm-hmm. um, Evil era Sonic Youth to uh, Cool Thing mm-hmm. Sonic Youth, Kim Gordon, Silver, Rock and Roll, like Goddess, Goddess, mm-hmm. um, Force, Force. I'm. I'm just. Did you ever see the um, the the goo videotape, which no. had vi- videos for every song on goo? No, this was a VHS tape. Yeah. Where did you get this? Uh, like Sam Goody or whatever music right. store as you do existed at that mm-hmm. time. Uh, the best. I, I watched this with my my first boyfriend in Minneapolis, and we were watching the video for Disappear, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I, I think this is Gus Van Sant. This is Whoa. Gus Van Sant." And 
turns out it was ha- Gus Van Zandt. called it. I did call it. Ugh. It was me getting psychic. No, it's you being smart. Yeah, well, <laughs> same thing. Same thing. Yeah, what is the difference? Like metaphysical bullshit, whatever. So I, uh, I really am uh, a big fan of the Thousand Leaves record cover. This is a podcast about record covers. What do you know about the artist? I don't know anything about that artist, but I I would agree with you as one of my favorite Sonic Youth album covers. And what is their... Do you know the name? Of the artist? Yeah. No, I don't know the artist. Oh. I know that that is like the most ad- Harmony Korean adjacent Sonic Youth album. And like you were saying, it was kind of underrated and sort yeah, of they had the video with Ma- Macaulay Culkin. Oh, right. That was directed by Harmony Corinne with the ballerinas going crazy. Right. It's a very 90s decay of civilization. But So Harmony Corinne was the one who directed Kids, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, no. Was he, that Kids? Did he direct Kids or he wrote the screenplay? I oh. always get this confused. I don't know. Um... No, I think he wrote the screenplay for kids. Uh, he, but Harmony Crane directed Gummo. Okay. Spring Breakers, oh, etc. Right. Right. Uh, Larry Larry Clark directed Kids, I think. Oh. Yeah. Also, great soundtrack. People of the internet, Kids, amazing. Sk- got sl- got some slint on there. Slint. Like, what is the hip hop song on that? record it's so good well i could look it up right now (laughs) um so i'm currently looking up the artist for thousand leaves a thousand leaves is an amazing pop record yeah i mean it's hard to if people are fans of a certain style it's hard to well, and, you know, record, record store employees, <laughs> especially in the 90s. Can not... we talk about that? Yeah, Because totally. I grew up in Austin, Texas, okay? I worked in a bagel shop inside of the building owned by the Sci- Church of Scientology. But the record store right up the street from us was Sound Exchange. And it's the famous uh, store with the Daniel Johnston mural on the side. And I would go over there, and it was terrifying and you know why because there's a bunch of dudes working who make minimum wage who have minimum rage fuck the record store take it out on you it's like such an (laughs) elitist bullshit stance and bookstores i remember one time because i was a skater in high school whatever i wore like big pants (laughs) like you were cusping on thrash and rave i was cusping I was thrashing and I was raving. Yeah. And I went Fat into the pounds, bookstore. They were furry. Why not? Why not? I tried to buy a uh, Charles Bukowski book. The guy behind the counter, I'm not kidding, said, oh, I guess everyone's reading Bukowski now. That's such bullshit. Uh, it was a hard time to be alive. Anyway, so record stores, same deal. Well, I think it's changing. Like we were it's, talking it's, about earlier, male changing. culture is changing in general, which is good. Um... But I think fucking with the record store guys is the best. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to buy a Nietzsche Ebb record and 
Mama Cass record Why at not? the same time. Why not? Oh, they don't even care anymore. Nobody says anything. But it's like at the time, like you were like, this is who I am. I'm mm-hmm. buying these records. My identity. I am buying a Nina Cherry and a Digits. And you're going to deal with it. <laughs> and it's not going to blow your mind because you've seen so much weird shit all day. But, but have they? <laughs> And I don't if you're, know. If you're buying Nina Cherry and Digits, <laughs> which I really <laughs> completely support you saying the Digits. I probably have bought that combination out of, of course Tower you Records at some point. Also, can we can we talk about Jello Biafra's record with the Digits? No, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I, his <clears> like <throat> punk. No, it wasn't Jello oh, Biafra. It was like the... it was Fred Schneider. Oh shit! Really? Just Fred. Wait, so which record was it? Do you remember? It's just Fred. What? Just Fred. It's Fred Schneider and the Digits. Okay. Going on a discogs right away. (laughs) It's really not a very good record. No. I think that's enough for today. Um, (laughs) Kim Gordon, we love you. We love your influence on art and design. Um, Please buy her new album. It is entitled... No home. No home. And the song about Airbnbs is... Superhost. Superhost. Not to be confused with Superhost. <laughs> but... But maybe. I love her bizarro take on Airbnbs, and she's fascinated with them. Like, the culture of convenience and what it... Right. Like, identity in the world of identity culture mm-hmm. like it's it's great to have a place to live but what does that mean right like hey I'm marketing my place but are you gonna give me five stars I'm a super thank you for coming on the show mm-hmm. if do you do um visual art of any kind can people follow you anywhere do you have a website what can you promote Mm, no i do do i paint but i don't do social media at all if you want to come if you want to come at me um just text me at 206-251 come as you are as you you want No, really, 206.